Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 podcast. Today, it is December 3rd, 2021. Today's show is brought to you by Sonos. Perfect holiday gift. Go check out Sonos right now. I've got a speaker in my house. It is fantastic. On today's show, we finally reached it. It is the Big 12 championship game, Oklahoma State versus Baylor. We'll discuss what's on the line, have a full preview for the game. We'll also look at some of the awards in the Big 12 conference that were handed out and also take a look at the rest of conference championship week. Busy show coming up today. Hope you all enjoy. Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast, not in a normal, normal studio right now because I am looking uh, at my dog Bowie, who is recovering from injury and being mischievous, so I have to be with him right now as he wanders around, has some outside of the uh, the crate time, but We'll be getting to that next week. Also, new mic setup coming up. Looking forward to that. Um, We did a couple resume reviews of Baylor and Oklahoma State, how they got here, you know, their road to the Big 12 championship game, and kind of how it's shaped uh, who they are as teams. You can find those in your podcast feed. You can also find them on YouTube. Just look up Locked On Big 12 right now, and you can find those things. Uh, So with that in mind, without much further ado, let's get into it. All right. 11 a.m. on ABC, number nine Baylor against number five Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game. Oklahoma State opens up as a five and a half point favorite at this time. Uh, I think that line's it hasn't really moved a whole lot since it opened. The one line that has uh, moved a bit is the over-under. That's now at 46 and a half, according to our friends at betonline.ag. It started out around 50. It has come down a good bit, and that is considering, obviously, the health of Gary Bohannon, but also how good these two defenses are. Uh, in this series, the last two games have gone to Oklahoma State. And now let's talk about what is at stake for these teams. First, let's start with Oklahoma State. It'll be their first conference championship if they win since 2011, that 12-1 team Mike Gundy had. Uh, It would be their second Big 12 championship in their program's history. It would be their first Big 12 uh, championship game, because it's their first trip, obviously, to the Big 12 title game. And let's take a look at the college football playoff from that perspective to talk about what is on the line here. I do still have the graphic from the other night. Um, All right, so this is your college football playoff rankings, the latest version. Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Bama 3, Cincy 4, rocking the Cincy shirt today, Oklahoma State 5. So Oklahoma State has a few paths to get into the Big 12 championship game, in my opinion. The first thing is, a let's just imply an Oklahoma State win. OK State wins, Bama loss, they're in. The top four at that point would be Georgia, Michigan, uh, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, right? So let's just say Bama win, or excuse me, Georgia win, Michigan win, Cincy win, Oklahoma State win. Four teams right there. The order of which might change. They could have Oklahoma State jump. I'm not sure I'd have that, but that is the order right now. Let's say Alabama wins, all right, and Michigan wins and Cincinnati wins. Uh, I find it pretty hard to believe that Oklahoma State's going to jump Cincinnati. So I think in that situation, they're out. So you'd have Georgia, Bama, Michigan, Cincy. That is if Alabama wins. Michigan and Cincinnati also win as well. Other situation is if Alabama does win, 
then they would need a Michigan loss or Cincinnati loss. All right. So that's, that's the other things they would probably need to get in if Alabama wins, but plain and simple, a Georgia win, a Michigan loss, a Cincinnati loss. Those three things will get Oklahoma state into the college football playoff. If they beat the Baylor bears, I think that's pretty much the simplest way to look at this situation right now. Uh, and also it wouldn't hurt for Oklahoma state to be semi convincing in the win as well. But uh, I think any win gets them in here. We'll see Blake shape and Gary behind situation. If that factors in, if Gary Barton mentions, that, you know, once the rankings come out, okay state, if they get shafted, Hey, uh, Blake shape, a back, a quarterback, whatever. We'll see. Um, for Baylor, this would be their first conference championship since 2014. Now, obviously, Art Bryles, uh, they got a couple of them at Baylor, but a situation where, you know, um, you know things – we know the Baylor situation. Um, they were co-champions in 2014, obviously shared that one with the Texas Christian University. Um, this would be their first Big 12 championship game win. Now, obviously, Matt Rule took them to a Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma a couple years ago as well and be Dave Aranda that'd be pretty impressive for his second year as a head coach for them to be getting it. There is a situation in my opinion where Baylor gets themselves in and let's go and look at that right now. All right. So Baylor ahead of them has Notre Dame, Ohio state and Ole Miss. None of those teams are playing this week. So I think a win for Baylor, you could imply that they would jump all of those teams also, they flip with Oklahoma State because they just beat them. So let's just say uh, Oklahoma State just gets flipped to nine just for the sake of the argument here. I don't know where they put them. Baylor is then sitting at five. If Baylor gets a Georgia win, right? So let's just say Georgia wins, Michigan wins, Cincy wins, um, and Baylor wins. Your options for that fourth team become uh, uh, Michigan. So the teams that are in, Georgia, Michigan, and then uh, also Cincinnati, right? Those are three that are in. Your options for your fourth team are 11-1 Notre Dame, 11-2 Alabama, not a conference champion, 11-2 Baylor as a conference champion. I, it's my belief that if you have those three, I think you take Baylor. I, I don't know if the Brian Kelly coaching change thing hurts them at all over at Notre Dame, but you just got to think Baylor would have wins over number 14 Iowa State. Um, I know they're 7-5 and five at the time. Look at the, the top 25 right now. BYU's at 12. They have a win over them. They've got a win over number 14, Oklahoma. They'd also have a win over number six, Oklahoma State. All of those would be really good argument builders. If you look at that Notre Dame schedule, uh, there is not a lot on there that is really helpful for them. Their win against Wisconsin is really good. They've got wins against Virginia Tech, UNC, uh, Virginia. You know, how much do those games really help you? In my opinion, not that much. So I think Baylor should be in it. That's not just Big 12 bias. That's actually, I, I, I believe, it's a pretty credible case. Now, if you're doing the whole four best teams type situation thing, like, no, I would probably not say that Baylor is one of those four best teams. They're probably not better than Ohio State. They're maybe not even better than Ole Miss. But they would be a, a two-loss conference champion with wins against uh, several and when they beat them. Two top 10 teams in Oklahoma and uh, and Oklahoma State, and also a top 20 team in BYU, and Iowa State was top 20 when they beat them. But it'd be three top 15 wins for them, two top 10 wins, a conference champion, and also comparing them against a couple, two, uh, one two-loss team in Alabama and a one-loss non-conference champion in Notre Dame. So that's kind of the comparison there. 
All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll actually break down the game, but we did have to mention those implications as well. I don't love a college football playoff, but let's acknowledge that both these teams might actually have a shot to make the college football playoff uh, this this week. And look, I, I know the Baylor one feels outside chance, but I, I mean, look at the people ahead of them. It feels like they should be definitely considered. All right, quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the best place for all of your sports action needs. They've got college football, college basketball, hockey, baseball. Uh, if you want to bet on when the lockout might end, you can go and do that, I'm sure. Formula One, coming down in the last two weeks in F1. UFC, boxing, Vegas casino games. They got it all, man, at betonline.ag. Go check that out today. Use the promo code Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, to receive a 50% deposit bonus right now. Bet online, it's where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so this game, obviously a couple big things. The one thing I'm looking at right now is Gary Bohannon's health. Will he play? Um, I, I don't think the the diagnosis is is great for him. Um, you know, people aren't really – I mean, he didn't play last week, and I don't know if he's going to play this week. He was uncertain, and uh, I would say we're kind of erring on the side of he is not – going to play unless something else breaks after this podcast airs. But right now it feels like um, it feels like that, that Gary Bohannon probably is not going to play. I'm doing one last search here of the, of the, uh, the Twitter sphere to see if we can get any word on Gary Bohannon. But right now I don't think Gary Bohannon is going to be playing in the big 12 championship game. The last thing that we have from the AP is that he was uncertain. So you're assuming Blake Shapin's going to play quarterback, right? That is where, I mean, I don't know how long this conversation is if Blake Shapin's the quarterback. And here's why. We saw what happened to Donovan Smith in his second start. He torched a pretty good Iowa State defense in his first start. In his second start, he got, he got shut out and he eventually got benched. But, like, that's not really his fault. And I was talking about this the week. I thought Gary Bohannon playing was a really good asset to have because he didn't play well against Oklahoma State the first time, but at least he'd seen them once, right? And, and having that advantage, seeing that, I know Jim Knowles brings it from everywhere. I mean, he's he is good at confusing you, and he confused Caleb Williams the second half last week. Boy, did he. First half, Caleb Williams had things figured out. Second half, it was a whole different ball game. Um, Blake Shapin, while he has performed very well so far this year, that's going to be a really difficult task for him in his, what would be, I believe, his second start. While Blake Shapin has made a really good accounting of himself, um, this is not a, you know, this is not a situation where you want to have a guy in his second start. And I'm sure Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateus will do the best they can. I think to alleviate a lot of this, their, their key is going to be to, to run the football with Abram Smith and Tristan Ebner as much as they possibly can. 
but how much, you know, you're going to have to make some plays uh, at some point in time, right? You're going to have to eventually uh, figure out ways to, you know, to scheme some stuff up. And I, I don't know if you can sustain that. Uh, I'm not sure how much you're going to be able to sustain that against what's been really one of the, I mean, it's not what's been really, it has been one of the best defenses in the country the entire year. Um, I think on defense, they're going to have to be, you know, aggressive and try to make Spencer Sanders make some decisions, uh, some bad decisions. They're going to need that, I, in my opinion, to, um, you know, to make this game pretty competitive. But, you know, this Oklahoma State defense is allowing 16.4 points per game. Now, Baylor's only allow, allowing 19.4. So these are two of the best defenses in the country. But uh, Oklahoma State last week, you know, the points per game part of it, they gave up a couple you know, extra goofy ones, you could say they should not have given up uh, due to, you know, the, the obviously near the goal line, the fumble recovery for Oklahoma. So um, yeah, to me, this is where it starts and ends is, is, is Blake shape. And you know, what's he be able to do now, Spencer Sanders can't be throwing two or three interceptions this game and giving Blake shape in short fields. That's the best way to, to make this thing uh, to make it a lot more difficult on yourself. But I think Oklahoma state has found such a groove on both sides of the ball. I mean, the offense has not been pretty, but they they have had a couple of nice offensive games as of late. Last week was was pretty decent. I got lucky with some field position, but they've been able to win games with scoring like 24 to 30 points, somewhere in that range. They've had some outbursts offensively against, uh, you know, Kansas. They had a really nice game uh, against TCU. They had a really nice game, but those aren't very good defenses. But like, you know, you're 24 to 3 against West Virginia. You're 23 nothing against Texas Tech. They really honestly scored last week, um, you know, like 30 points, I guess you could say, is what they actually scored. Um, obviously, you know, having the, the recovery uh, really did help them a lot. But, yeah, so this is a team that is a- able in Oklahoma State to score some points, but I think they stick to their game plan, make some plays on the outside. But for Baylor, the key is try to disrupt as much as possible. Jalen Petrie and Terrell Bernard are going to have to have good games as is Ika up front. They're going to have to have move some guy, guys around, try some different things and take advantage uh, of some mistakes, which obviously Oklahoma state can make five and a half. When you ask me about the spread, I'm going to lay it. I'm going to lay the five and a half and take Oklahoma state. And that's because of the quarterback situation. If it's Gary Bohannon, I'm having a totally, it's a totally, totally different conversation, totally different conversation, but it's not. And because of that, I'm going to take Oklahoma State. I'm going to lay the points. I'm going to take the under because of Blake Shapen, I guess, too. 20, it's probably like 23-13 is what I think the score ends up. 20, you know, 30 to 13, somewhere maybe in that range. I think Oklahoma State handles business pretty convincingly in this game. But, uh, yeah, because no Gary Bohannon. I know they're going to try their best to run the football. And Kennedy Brooks did have some success last week. But I don't think they're going to get enough in the, pa- the passing game. I'm not seeing a first half like Caleb Williams had uh, last week. All right, one more word from our sponsors, and we'll take a look at the rest of the championship weekend. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to built.com today. It's built.com. You can check out all of the available samplings that they have. So many delicious flavors. Uh, you get the best of both worlds. It's delicious, and it's also good for your diet. Gives you that extra fuel that you need to bust down those mall doors to battle out holiday shoppers, throw those elbows, boxing out for televisions or whatever you're get, getting uh, right now. So go to built.com. That's built dot, built.com, promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15, for 15% off at built.com. 
All right, so uh, other championship games. Let's start with the one that's going to affect future Big 12 members. Two of them are going to be. It's nice to see four future Big 12 members, you know, two current, two future playing on championship weekend. And it is Houston uh, playing against Cincinnati for 3 o'clock Central Time ABC. This one's going to follow the Big 12 championship game, which is nice. A little uh, current Big 12 and future Big 12, little Big 12 doubleheader. Houston is 11 and 1, they're ranked number 24 in the country. Cincinnati 12 and 0, number 4. They are 10 and a half point favorites in this game. Uh Houston should be 12 and 0. We all remember their debacle uh you know being up 21-0 then basically just getting the lights shut out in them. Uh again, what it was 21-14, 21-7, 21-0, whatever it was. Um and then just getting absolutely boat raced by Texas Tech in week 1 and it really should not have been that close. Yeah, it was 21-7 was their lead. And then uh, Texas Tech took over that game. Houston since then has ripped off 11 straight victories. Um, and a lot of them have been not been close. 44-7, 45-0, 45-10, 42 I mean, they've had some, uh, they had a couple of close calls, but not that many. Um, and their defense the last three weeks has been playing really well. They give up eight, uh, eight points, 13 points, and seven points. Now, granted, it was against Temple, Memphis, and UConn. But the Cincinnati offense has shown a propensity to struggle at times. And this Houston passing attack led by Clayton Toon, who's been very solid for them all season. Um, you know, this is an, a decent offensive team. They really do want to run the football at you. That is where uh, a lot of their offense has come. McCaskill for them in the backfield has been great. 16 touchdowns on the season. Nathan Dell at wide receiver is somebody that you need to watch. But I think for Cincinnati, they've come way too far. I wear my Bearcat shirt right now. They have come way too far, way too far to be stopped right now. Yeah, they're playing a good team, but it seems like whenever they need their best performances, they come out, right? How many people were worried about Cincinnati in that SMU game? A whole lot of them. And what did Cincinnati do? They came out, they, I mean, established themselves as, you know, this, as the tougher football team and absolutely boat raced them. In that game, Desmond Ritter, not the season I think we thought he was going to have, um, but for them, you know, I think them also another very uh, good rushing team. Uh, Cincinnati runs the ball for like five yards a carry, I believe it is. So, yeah, I think for Cincinnati, the key is stick to your game plan, play a tough defense, take care of the playmakers on the outside, uh, or playmakers for, for Houston. They're a better football team than Houston is. Uh, they are. Houston's a very good, and Holgerson's super impressive. But Cincinnati's a better football team. They need to make sure that they take care of business in that game. All right, what else this weekend from Championship Weekend? We've got uh, tonight, Oregon versus Utah, Utah minus three. Question there is, how much can you change in two weeks? That's why Utah is favored in that one. Uh, and also rumors of Kyle Whittingham potentially stepping down as well. Three o'clock on Fox, Utah State, San Diego State. If you like punting, check this one out. Uh, San Diego State's punter is one of the best players in all of college football. Is going to be a great NFL player. 3.30 ESPN App State in Louisiana. Uh, Billy Napier staying on to coach that game, looking for a 12-win season, 10-2 App, 11-1 Louisiana. 4 o'clock, uh, three, uh, 3 Central, I should say, CBS, Georgia, and Bama, Georgia number one, Bama number three, Georgia, six-and-a-half-point favorites. I know that the history between these two teams favors Alabama, especially as of late, but Georgia – you know, the, I think my theory here is if Auburn could get their pass rush pretty easily, might I add, 
to Alabama, what do we think Georgia's going to do? I know people talk about, hey, the outside's not very tested. Well, guys have to have time to get open. Um, and Stetson Bennett, you know, has been very solid this year. And also, Alabama's defense is not as good as it normally is. They've got a couple studs on the defense, but not as good as they normally are. Uh, so I think that line six and a half is about right. And then also, uh, Michigan versus Iowa. That one is a eight o'clock game on Fox. Uh, Iowa is six and zero, I believe, this year against ranked opponents. Almost lost last week, but I'll take Iowa plus the eleven. I think this game's a bit closer um, than that. And I'm not as what a game by Michigan last week. They finally showed up in a big spot. But uh, will that be who they are in this game? I'll take the eleven points in that one. Uh, also, seven o'clock ABC. It is. Pitt and Wake. I will be at this game. My father is a Wake Forest alum. Uh, we don't get many ACC championships when you are a, you know, that's that's what he told me uh, when you go to Wake. So he and I will be going to Charlotte. Um, Going to make sure we get there early, though, so we can check out the Oklahoma State-Baylor game. Uh, but yeah, Wake versus Pitt. Not a lot in the line in terms of college football playoff, but the 11-win season for either Wake or Pitt would be absolutely fantastic for either outfit. Also, Kent State NIU, uh, 11 a.m. tomorrow. That one is for the uh, the MAC championship tonight. Uh, Six o'clock, CBS Sports Network, Western Kentucky, UTSA. The Hilltoppers are three and a half point favorites in that one. They've come on really strong, uh, winning seven straight games. Let's see if I missed anything. No, and also USC California for those of you who are sickos. That is the sickos game of the week. Uh, let's handle the Big 12 award stuff and mention a couple of them, but really break it down next week. The ones that you really have to know in terms of the uh, Big 12 awards are Coach of the Year, Mike Gundy. I think you could have gone in the other the direction of giving that to Dave Aranda from Baylor, but Mike Gundy um, gets that. Brees Hall, Offensive Player of the Year. Jalen Petrie, Defensive Player of the Year. Offensive newcomer is Jalen Warren. Offensive freshman is Xavier Worthy. Defensive freshman, Colin Oliver. Special teams player of the year is Treston Ebner. Offensive lineman of the year is Connor Galvin of Baylor. Co-defensive lineman of the year, it's Will McDonald and Felix Anuke Uzama of Kansas State. And then the coach of the year is, uh, I mentioned Mike Gundy also. I forgot to mention um, uh, Saki Ika of Baylor is the defensive newcomer of the year, defensive lineman, the sophomores. There's a run-through of your awards. We'll have more on that next week. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, at LOBig12. You can follow me, at JoshNeighbors underscore. Bob Bowlesby's a happy man. Two future members of the Big 12 are in this year's Big 12 championship. Enjoy it, everybody.